I'm Murphy, John Murphy. And I'm Humes, Christian Humes. And you're listening to Watch World. Welcome back, everybody. This is Watch World, where we watch the latest and everything we want to do. And today we are watching James Bond, and we continue on with uh, a interesting movie, to say the least. One of my favorites, On Her Majesty's Secret Service, with the one and only George Lazenby, because he only did one movie. The posh James Bond. The male model James Bond. No, he, he was a... seems like he went to like a posh school. Yes. Okay, so this would never happen today, but this is a crazy story how he got this role. Okay. So it's what, 1968-ish? Yeah, so Connery has 2020. just... Con- yeah, <laughs> Connery has just quit after you only live twice because he was fed up he felt like he wasn't getting paid enough he actually had still one more movie on his contract but was so mad that he was able to basically walk away and that's why he came back for diamonds forever because he technically still had one movie left so the broccoli and saltzman were like just kind of angry about you know the breakup basically with the most ridiculous names yes by the way saltzman and broccoli yes um and so this guy walks in named George Lazenby and is like, I'm I'm gonna be your next James Bond. And then they Did ask Did he him, say that? Yeah, he literally he he infiltrated their, he basically lied his way into the offices. He said that he was this like, you know, actor. He's from Australia, if you didn't know. Whoa. That. So this, if you listen to him talk interview Australian Bond. This is the first non UK Bond then. Correct. Yes. Wow. Um and so and then when they asked him, like, oh, what? And so they were kind of like, oh, he looks, he definitely looks the part because he kind of has a very, um, you know, he, he, he's chiseled. He kind of has this, like, very nice physique. So they're like, okay, um, well, what movie credits are you in? And so he just kind of made up some things that he would, like, he was in, not like, all these Australian movies, which he did not exist. He actually just lied about his entire resume. And... And then he did like a couple of follow-up editions where he like was able to do a bunch of horseback riding and other like stunt work. And they were like, he definitely is and it knew how to do like fist fight and do all these uh-huh. other like things. So like he definitely won he just basically schmoozed his way into the part. This is incredible. Which is crazy. Yeah. So he was a con man. Yeah, he conned his way into 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 the job. <laughs> so he's a he's like a villain. You know what? No, but it's more like aspiring. It's like he had a dream, he wanted to play James Bond. He heard there was an opening and then he lied his way into it. So he got he, and it worked. So he uh, he got to play James Bond. He, wow. he actually could have kept playing James Bond after this. And then just as quickly as he, you know, lied his way in, he lied his way out. How did he lie his way out? He just basically says, like, I don't want to do this anymore because he suddenly got into counterculture after this movie and thought James Bond was this sort of stiff sort of establishment presence certainly the was the way he played it yeah and so um so then like after this movie he basically refused to do another movie and that's when they switched back and went back to connery yeah for diamonds are forever so that's the brief story of uh, george lazaby so what did you think of this movie on her majesty's secret service because there's nothing really about i mean i'll, I'll say actually the the more i do think about him in comparison to the other Bonds, I actually di- I kind of dislike him as James Bond. I just don't see him as James Bond. I don't think he has the attitude. I don't think he's charming like any of the other James Bonds in any way. Um, and I don't like his his posh accent. You know, they uh, all well, just sound uh, a little bit tougher uh, and rougher. And he was he was yeah. He's like, well then, why don't we go? 
I'm just like, what are you doing? Yeah, you can definitely tell like he doesn't have what Connery has, what Moore has, Bond, what Brosnan has, Bond. what Craig has. He is pretty close to Craig in the sense that like he kind of has that sort of physically he's like Craig, but uh, Craig has like Craig's a little bit stockier and shorter. And he and Craig obviously has like the emotional depths of like being yeah. able to play like a really good character, which. Craig also had his face, although it's chiseled like this man's, is like tougher. Like Daniel Craig yeah, looks his like is he's more been like in a caveman. Fights, yeah. You know? Daniel and, Craig looks like a fight. And then, yeah, because George Lazenby was a model. So he definitely, and he definitely like poses and like walks uh-huh. like he's on like the runway in this movie. There's also, I'll say, he wears, it's it's honestly the the worst outfit I've ever seen James Bond. Oh, it's Bond the Austin in. Powers outfit. The, the, the trench coat. Oh, the trench coat. Okay. I don't like the trench coat with the glasses. I understand he was supposed to be undercover, but like, see, I'm gonna say it looked it looked very like it just it 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 just lended to that air of like poshness and like elitism. It felt like the <laughs> entitled James Bond. Yeah, no, I. This was like that. the rich kid James Bond, not like the uh, the Navy James yeah, well, Bond. When we get to him impersonating Sir Hillary Bray, I'll talk about why I love, I love that. But um, I think he plays a better Sir Hillary than he plays James Bond. <laughs> yeah, in fact, he plays it so well. They, the guy who plays Sir Hillary, dubs the voice for <laughs> Bond. So like, that's that's how well he's able to impersonate Sir Hillary Bray. Um, but um, yeah, no, I think so. I this is one of my personal favorites. I think just because I like the story so much, it's the most emotional Bond in the sense that. It's the most he gets to open up. He falls in love. It's the only you know. one we meet his wife in, right? Yep. It's the only, it's the time, only time he ever okay. gets married. And like you, you really get. I love Diana Rigg in this movie. She's oh, great as Tracy. Oh, oh, I mean, she is the reason to watch this movie. Oh, yeah. Also, like the casting for her and Natalie Dorman on Game of Thrones. I cannot believe how much they look they similar. Look at, yep. at like, the, it's incredible. I was like, oh wow, they could have been. <laughs> actually related yeah you were like oh i can tell this is the granddaughter of 100 percent. yeah this person because it's like they look similar no yeah i think i so i i like i love tracy i love everything with the love story which is something you don't get a lot in bond movies um and this one feels the most spy of all the movies i think just in terms of yeah. him having to actually infiltrate blofeld's organization having to create a different persona, having to sneak around, him getting caught and then having to escape. And like, I love movies where he's on the run and almost has like almost about to be killed. I mean, look, you know, I love James Bond on skis. And you, yep, <laughs> it's like what about the fourth movie in a row of him on skis. So, you know, you know, like when that part came up, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to give him this scene. Yeah. Um, and so like, I like this movie in general. And then the, obviously the twist ending is one of the, I think the best twists in the franchise as far as like ends on such a shocking and like horrible note that I think is I think iconic in terms of you didn't see this in movies of this type ever so um so yeah I, I, now, I think I agree with that but I mean fine we'll talk about when we get to it <laughs> yeah but this movie okay so this movie is interesting in the sense that they they want they're trying to keep it that and this is actually interesting because they did not know how to do this at the time because this is the first time they tried it in the sense that this is the first time they're they're switching actors in a fr- in this franchise. 
So they don't know how it's going to work. You know, like now. What do you mean somebody, it's the first time they're switching actors? So this is the first time Connery has left. This is a oh, first non-Connery right. movie. I keep forgetting. I keep thinking in my head that this was after Roger Moore. No, 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 no. no right, yeah. right. So this okay. before Roger Moore, right before him. And like, it must have been such a nice uh, palate cleanser to have Roger Moore because people seem to not like this movie, right? It's it's kind of a little bit of a black sheep in the sense that I think for a long time people did not like this movie, and then I think now people are coming back around to it because I think they, after we've gone through so many different eras, they look back at this one as actually an interesting, like try for something different, especially if you look at the movies around it. Like I think it actually is trying to be a little more like deeper and real and like more realistic, also. Um, but so yeah, so I think I think. The interesting thing is, is this is a movie that like you didn't know if it was going to work by switching actors. I get the sense that Lazenby at times is trying to impersonate Connery mm-hmm. just in terms of the way he his character is and the way he acts. Um, but I think I don't really actually know what my point was. But all I say is like, I think I I really enjoy this movie and I, I know you didn't enjoy it as much, but I know. don't dislike it is the thing. Yeah. But for that same reason. Like the movies, the, so far the movies James Bond that I generally don't like that much, um, at least in comparison, you know, my least favorite. I don't think I've actually watched single Walmart. Like I really don't like this movie, um, but I think it's because they just like were too like they they just they screwed up. But I feel like they all tried something, and this yeah. one felt like weirdly did safe. It feel, did it feel too much like For Your Eyes Only? I don't know. I don't know. I think I think maybe like. The stakes were always there, but because the movie, the story pacing, because there was always stuff happening, but the story pacing was just everything was so drawn out that it was hard for it to hold my interest. Hmm. Interesting. I, I think I think for me, it was I enjoy the characters, all the characters across the board in this uh, in in this story that like it all kind of kept my attention in the sense that I like really enjoyed it. So. Um, oh, but I think what I was going to say, though, was the beginning, and we can kind of dive into this in the, in the opening, they play with the idea that it is both the same guy and also not the same guy, because it opens with Bond running into Tracy and she's trying to kill herself in the ocean, which he assumes quite a lot when he just sees her walking out in the ocean there. I'm like, I'm not sure what's happening. <laughs> like, I'm like, how does he know that that's what she's doing? But yeah. But when he so when he rescues her and then those two goons attack him and he has this big fist fight and then like he watches her drive away in her car and then he goes, this never happened to the other fellow. And you're like, oh, OK, like I like why? Like, why do you need to bring attention to the fact that you're not Sean Connery? Like if you're supposed to be technically the same character. <laughs> so they it's is it the only time in James Bond where they break the fourth wall? I think so. I think it's one. I bet there's probably a few other moments, but um which, but it's weird, though. It's like they break the fourth wall for that. But then later when he's in his office, he's pulling out items from the previous movies and, you're, and they're playing like the theme songs over it. And you're like, so it is the same guy. So like, it's, that's what's weird. Like that line, I think, kind of throws everybody off. I think they did it for a laugh because they wanted, I think, people to, I think, just I, I feel like they could like this guy, which and then they did totally like set it up in the beginning when it's like him lighting a cigarette and like you don't know it's it's blazing me yet. You think but that's the problem, like, right? Is is Sean Connery was so cool. James Bond was always so cool. And then they make a like the introduction, they kind of make him a joke. Yeah, they kind of they kind of like cut him down a little bit, which is and funny. Then, and then you try to sell him the rest of the time as like 
supposedly being the same dude, and it's like, you're like, no, I, I, don't I feel know. like that was a disservice to themselves. I didn't really mind that because I I was just like, okay, weird joke. <laughs> yeah, that weird was joke. that was like how I it was um the last Jedi. I was like, the last Jedi opens up with this great scene, and they have Poe Dameron make like a your mom joke or something. Yeah, and I was like, what? Like the rest of that like battle sequence is great. Like the idea that like James Bond is meeting his future wife here and save someone from killing herself. I'm like, oh, that was cool. But yeah. why did why did you throw this joke in there? Well, my studio note <laughs> for this whole whole opening thing would be what you know it should have happened. They should have opened in the casino and you do the exact same almost intro as Doctor No, you know, when they first introduced Bond and he's playing cards. It should have done the exact same way, but it's Lazenby this time. Yeah, and he still does Bond. And then he sees Tracy bet a bunch of money and doesn't give a shit if she lo- win or loses. And so he's like, what, what's going on with this woman? Like, why did she just drop all this money and like didn't care? And then he follows her and follows her out to the beach. And then it's like, oh, clearly she's going to kill herself. Yeah. Because, right, it's like a little bit out of order. And yes. I think it's also because it's, it's, it's like that in the book, but I think the book's out of order too. So I think it's like if it started with the casino, I think it would have been actually a cooler opening. And then you end with the... I agree. Um, because then it also makes sense why people would be following Bond there to the beach and because it's like Draco's men and stuff and um, but all uh, yeah so uh, yeah so that that's the opening. Um, interestingly enough, this is the only other movie that doesn't really have a theme song or they say a song theme song. It's just the theme of the the movie, which is interesting. But like, there's no vocals. It's like the James Bond theme. Yeah, you know, which I thought was like an interesting change of pace in terms of. Well, maybe they thought like, all right, we have a new Bond now. We're going to try something, go a different direction. That was for the old Bonds. And then people complained about everything and they're like, okay, Roger Moore, cool guy. (laughs) Bring him back everything you wanted. Yeah. But I love, but I love about this theme though. It's very like late sixties England, like rock and roll type Mm. of feel to it. Um, You know, so I, this one definitely you get the sense that Austin Powers borrows the most from in a lot of ways, both when he wears that fluffy, ruffled like oh. sh- shirt later. Um, that's oh. so Austin Powers. I hated it. I love it, but it's I also hate it. <laughs> I love it for what it is, and then I also hate it because it's so stupid. But they um, just they dressed him not like James Bond dresses, like well, the whole time. In the movie's defense, he's supposed to be Sir Hillary Bray in that moment. He's not sure. dressed as James Bond. Um so also, like this movie was the uh, the director. I think he was actually the longtime editor for um, yeah Peter Hunt. He was the editor for all the other movies. So you get it a sense when you like the hyper editing. It's like oh, this guy, this is a director that understands like pacing and cutting, not overall pacing in terms of you know story. I'm just saying scene to scene and action. It's all very like quick cut and especially for like this era. It almost feels like a Jason Bourne movie in the 60s. Um, like the fist fighting, everything's just like, I, which I think raises the energy. Anything that seems like it would be that kind of dumb looking or like kind of boring feels just a little more exciting because it's like just cutting so much between these shots, and um, which I thought I really enjoyed. Yeah. Um, like when he fights that one guy in the, in the hotel room. Yeah. And like, I thought that was actually a pretty good fight between the two. Um, he thinks like Tracy's going to come and visit him, um, which is interesting um yeah so the whole plot is basically setting up that bond is looking for blofeld and he has no leads m is basically like 
don't worry about him. Like, we don't need to Blofeld anymore. But um, Bond is like, I need to find him. I need to get him. So he runs into this guy, Draco, who's like, basically, Tracy's my daughter. You know, she's seen, she's, she has her issues, and you seem to be a nice solve for that issue. Please marry my daughter. I'll give you a million pounds. And, and which is uh, interesting. This is so weird. <laughs> so great. It was so bizarre. Also, if that's what he had intended, like maybe don't have the guys like hold knives and loaded guns to him. Well, he Draco explains it in the sense that he's like, I'm not sure you would cooperate given who you are. Um, but also, also did Bond want to speak with Draco at that point? Yeah, but it's sort of like he's taking his precautions. I think I think because Draco is a he's he's kind of like a Blofeld. He's like he's also a criminal sort of mobster, basically. Yeah. And he has his like construction company, but he, so I don't know if he necessarily can trust Bond necessarily. I think he wants to, but he, I, he's got to play it safe. So that's why, he, that's why he has his goons bring him in. Um, though I love when Bond like beats him up and like dives into the room and then throws the knife at like Draco's calendar. <laughs> I thought that whole, the whole shot was pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so he's basically like, oh, if you marry my daughter, I'll give you I'll give you whatever you want. And he's like, well, you probably know where Blofeld is. And he's like, oh, I might or I may help you out. I love that. I, what I love about this movie is that he he goes outside the, his system in, in a good way. Yeah. In the sense that it's not just him going rogue. He's going rogue for a specific purpose, which is to work with criminal elements to find a, a bigger criminal. Right. So um, which I enjoyed very much. So because um, I love that one guy that like is kind of lurking with Bond. Like he helps around the construction site area that bring him the briefcase, and then he's there in the mountainside, and it's just like, oh, that's like Draco's dude. That's yeah, like, like they don't ever talk to each other, but they seem to be working in coordination with each other, which is like feels like that feels like a very spy thing to do. Yes. So. Yeah, I think um, the thing I took umbrage with, like they openly find him in the hotel as he's checking out, and it's just this long sequence of getting him there, going like into the car, driving in the car getting out of the car, walking through the place, then having a fight right at the door. It just feels like, okay, let's just slow everything down. Yeah, they can't completely cut ahead to things. Um, you would think like, yeah, like you would like, oh, he gets knocked out and then like the bag gets pulled over his head and suddenly he's in Draco's office. And Great. You yeah, cut right perfect. To that. I get that. Um, no, they had to go through this whole thing and then like they randomly pass by that one janitor whistling Goldfinger. who's <laughs> was like a little person. Just kind of yeah, weird. I was like, "What the hell? Like, what was the purpose of this? <laughs> like, it felt, it felt like they thought it was a joke, and I bet it was supposed yeah. to be a joke back then too." Yeah, yeah, I think they, they wanted to reference. I think they were like they wanted to be like, "Oh, this is different, but also the same." They right. Were, I think a little bit insecure about people not thinking it's the same line of movies that they're in. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think I think the slowest part is after this, is in terms of like Bond's like. Well, I'm intrigued by your daughter, but I don't know if I can fall in love with her. And then it becomes like the fall in love part of the movie. And this is also just weird. Like, I'm offering my daughter to you. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, I understand it's a different time, but also what? No, like, I get it from Draco's percent. Like, he he's comes from an old sort of Italian, you know, mindset of I got to marry my daughter off. and Yeah. Blah blah blah, and I'm I'm in control because I'm the patriarch of the household, and blah 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 blah. 
um, and I'll, you know, do what I want. And so I get that from his perspective. And I love that, like, Tracy is this kind of rebellious daughter who likes to, isn't afraid to talk back at him and, like, do what she wants, um, which is great. I was just talking about in terms of after her, when, they, when they're meeting at that bullfighting area, oh, which is pretty interesting. That one guy that gets, like, decked by that bull. Dude, I was just, like, I watched that and I'm like, this had to be real. And I understand yeah. that, like, this is what they do with these things. But, like, why do we do this? Why is this still a thing? I don't think it's a thing anymore. I think they've, like, thing? haven't they officially, like, outlawed most bullfighting? I think so. But yeah. I, I'm sure not in all countries. I'm sure it's still happening somewhere. Yeah. But, but I love, like, I, had the, like, it was, it was, like, an inch away from, like, piercing him. Well, the, the, that one guy, like, it's, like, must be a specific part in, in a thing where you just stand there and you take a hit, like, directly. Yeah. Like, where you don't get gored, but you, like, take a full headbutt. But that's what I mean, though. Like, the horns went right to the sides of him. Yeah. Like, if, like, it's so close to a death. It's maybe, like, an initiation thing, almost, like, Fight Club. It was and insane. Like, <laughs> it, was, but, it was nuts. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I thought they part. would cut away or something, yeah. and then it, like, happened, and I was like, no! Yeah, because they're, like, talking about, like, a dowry during this moment, so they can't really focus too much on the bullfighting. But um, but then it's, like, so she gets upset. They're like, oh, my dad's, like, selling me away to this guy. But then they have to go in this whole, like, oh, now we're, like, dating over a montage, um, which, interesting enough, you know, I actually really like this song. This is a Louis Armstrong song. We have all the time in the world. It's actually the last, I think, recording of his voice ever before he died oh wow so um but i think it's a great song it's just it's a little slow and it's just like a montage of them hanging out and like going like window shopping yeah. and like talking and you're like okay I get, I get they have to do it because tracy really isn't actually in the movie all that much so you kind of have to really set up why they would like each other right or like you like chemistry between each other um and then yeah, so but so this whole part is just like I think where it's the slowest of everything in terms of just I'm like okay, like let me check my watch. Okay, let's let's get ahead. Let's get to the part where we're actually like on the trail of Blofeld. So, um, but yeah, any any other thoughts on these on the love montage? The, I mean, the the bullfight was the part that really stuck out to me. I'll be honest, I so I fell asleep the first time I watched it. <laughs> and then it rewound, and it was it was before we got, essentially, to the mountains, you know. Yeah. And uh, this whole part just kind of blurs together. Well, I think as far as like spy stuff, I like after this when they just like Draco's like, oh, there's this lawyer that's like supposedly working for Blofeld. Um, let's infiltrate his office, find like the right documentation. Oh, to actually, see what that, yeah, I like that. All that stuff was really cool because he's working with that that guy at the construction site across the way. I love how he uses that machine to like break open the scape and it's basically a document scanner. Like a you know what you know what I think it is? I'll be honest. Because all of these elements I like the ideas of. Like I like the story, but the yeah. way they it's not the editing either, because it was cut like all right, you know, but yeah. I never felt like James Bond was really in danger. Like no, it well, felt I mean, like he this... was just going through the motions. They were like, Cool, you're gonna go into like a safe here. You're gonna pull I think out because some they tried here. to which is what but that's all, like a lot what Connery is like too, because Connery feels like he's going through the motions sometimes. Like, and I think they were trying to emulate that a little too much. Like, especially in this moment when it's, he's waiting. Yeah, it felt like someone play acting James Bond. Yeah, where where he's waiting for the documents to scan or like to open the safe. He like finds the Playboy and is like yeah. looking at it and like and they like puts it away and takes it with them. 
too many jokes, man. Yeah, I mean, it was just like, but they're not like in your face jokes, which I know like. they're not. But I think like my point, I guess, is when he's doing the things that should like that are cool, like the good scenes. Yeah, they're also like putting in weird, humorous things that like the movie already feels a little bit like the stakes are low, even though they're not necessarily just because of the way um, it's presented. And then to then to further kind of cut away at itself with the jokes, like when he's, you know, he's his three henchmen surrounding him, a gun to his back. And then they walk by a little person whistling uh, you know, like he saves like a woman from committing suicide. And he fights goons and like then he makes a joke. Like, why do they do it at the moments where he's supposed well, to saying, like instead of Lazenby trying to like be his own bond, he tried to be too much like Connery. Yeah. And Connery was like almost like he's a big brutish guy, but also like kind of a little boy at the same time, like a little cheeky boy that likes to look at nudie magazines and sure. make funny quips and funny jokes. Um and I think he like almost did that a little bit too much in a way that I think is makes it just feel a little off or a little bit different. Um, it wasn't as a problem for me, but like I, I, I can understand the criticism there. Um, I would also, really like yeah. this story to just be remade. Oh, yeah. I, like that's, I, they should. But. That's where I, like, I, I don't think it's the story of the movie that's the problem. No. No. I don't think so either. Um, but I think, yeah. I, I mean, I think, we're coming up to the good stuff. Yeah, I know. I think so. Then he gets this this document, basically. It's like that shows that uh, Blofeld is like trying to, I guess, claim that he's a count, and yeah. so he's reached out to this College of Arms to claim his right. Uh, Bond goes to meet Sir Hilary Bray, Sir Hilary Bray, um, <laughs> and this is where we get the the uh, the Bond family motto. This is where we learn of it. Like he learns uh, he potentially is the descendant of Sir Thomas Bond. And the and the Bond family crest motto is the world is not enough. That's where oh. it comes from. So yeah, so that's where the you get that later for the title of that movie is the family motto. Um but and then I love how he gets this little like talking to about how family crests work. There's a thing holding with like balls that are on crests that like he brings up later to the ladies, and you're just like, okay, I don't know what's what's happening here, but <laughs> something about gold balls weird and the british are weird man they got some weird things but um yeah so then bond decides he's going to impersonate sir hillary bray and get an audience with blofeld who's trying to be this count um and go to switzerland another thing i love about this movie it's a christmas movie i love a good movie that is like for no reason at all it's just like we're spending it at christmas and they're actually, they made a Christmas song for this movie that's playing in the background. Both, oh, they made it for this movie? Yeah, that kind of like that weird Carrie Carpenter sounding song you kind of hear. Uh-huh. Where it's like, do, 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 whatever. It's like, um, yeah, that's actually made for, it's actually a pretty good song. I, I put it in my Christmas playlist. But, <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's, I think it's like, do you know how Santa gets his sleigh or something? Or how tree or something, how Christmas tree, it's some weird it's a weird, it's got some weird lyrics, but uh, anyways, it's very Shane Black in the sense that, like, let's set a movie at Christmas for yeah. some reason, an action movie, but uh, that's what I love about it. Uh, it's the only Bond movie that's, like, Christmassy, um, which I like. Uh, I love this uh, villain, Irma Bunt, uh, who is Blofeld's second-hand woman. She, I think oh, she's great. She's great. They're, when they're in the helicopter and they're going up there and he says something yeah. about the ground, she goes, not ground, ice, 
<laughs> yeah, she's so like, blunt. okay, all right. She's so great. I love her. I, yeah, yeah, she, she felt like Trunchable. Yeah, from Matilda. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, she's definitely. like gonna make she's gonna make James Bond sit there and eat cake. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, she feels like such a force that. Like, I mean, she's the, you know, at the end of the movie. Yeah, she's the one that pulls the trigger, while Blofeld with a broken neck and all like drives the car. <laughs> Which, okay, yeah, I love this Blofeld. I love Telly Savalas as this Blofeld. I yeah, think he was pretty good. I like him because he's so like. Like he feels like a brute. He feels like bigger, like I, I, which feels more like what he's described in the in the books, as opposed to like more of a like, hey yes, oh yeah, like like more of a, like a like a creature in that way, like a little like slimy creature. I think I like him more as like a big muscly dude. Was there a Connery Bolfeld at this point or no? Yeah. So in the previous movie that was released, you only live twice, which technically yeah. book order comes after. Well, what, what is it? that's the next movie we're yeah. watching. You're going to see Donald Pleasance play. Why not use the same guy? Um, again, it makes no sense. But I think for whatever reason, Pleasance didn't want to come back or for whatever reason. Um, there's also like it's hinted at in books that Blofeld uses plastic surgery. Hence why in The Diamonds oh. Are Forever. So it kind of justifies why like you could change the actors. Okay. And in this movie, they hint out how Blofeld has used plastic surgery to hide his earlobes. Because yes. he needs he's like to claim this whatever ancestry they apparently didn't have lobes to them and so he's like as sure. you can see my earlobes well it, ha- it just has to do with whether your ears are attached or if they hang so he had his yeah attached so, yeah. yeah so he had it so that they're attached yeah so he just like it's just just an interesting interesting way i also love when they when they're talking and he explains why he's like He's like the hawk nose of the Medici or the the Habsburg, you know, the, yeah. the, the limp, whatever. And you're just like, okay, this is such a weird topic that they're talking about. Yeah. He is um, a weird dude. I like him, I, though. I like I liked also that he's, unlike almost every other villain, like Lisa, the main villain, he's not afraid to go out in the field and, like, chase after Bond. Yeah. Like, he's like, I'm getting on those skis. I'm going down. I'm, gonna, I'm leading the hunt, you know? Like, he's, like, much more of an action guy and that's why i i really liked him like he wasn't afraid to go toe-to-toe you know with them which is great so uh <laughs> i think this is like the probably the worst part of the movie for me is here with all these ladies seemed like bond liked it yeah you know i mean bond which again i think does not work for his relationship with tracy if you're setting up this love relationship why is he like suddenly- in a harem Yes, and like scheduling out his like bone time, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, that yeah, so, gotta sow part... those wild oats before he settles down, man. Yeah, so I think it's a little, it's a little weird, it, you know. And I like that the, the ladies are diverse, but mm. I think they get a little too much into stereotyping, unfortunately. And there's mm-hmm. some, of course, they do unfortunate imagery with everything there, but yeah. um, you know, and then. Well, they had to be because that was the whole concept, right? They were each going to the different countries different and they would, of the world. Yeah. Yes. So Actually, it would be I, weird if they were all fucking like from like the same, Northern yeah. Europe. Like it would be so bizarre. Yeah. Which I think is actually that's what the book is. It's they're just from like Ireland and, and the UK. And like he's only going to hold them ransom, basically. I say. Because um, essentially the plan is that. He's created biological agents that will destroy agriculture in these countries. Yeah. And then he's going to use these women as 
sort of, um, they've been, they're sleeper agents. Yeah. They're sleeper agents. Literally. Like they don't, um, they don't know that they're bad. Correct. They're thinking they're just there to fix their allergies. Yeah. So like a Manchurian candidate situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I <laughs> you know, they'll be activated and then they're going to take down the farms. Yeah. <laughs> Though I do love when he sneaks into Ruby's room and the, and the, 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 the therapy activates. And it's just like Tully Savalis' voice being like, you don't like chickens. Like, <laughs> I'm here to tell you about chickens. And you're just like, what a weird, like, recording. <laughs> you're like, I, I, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it is interesting. Um, just it, interesting plot. I just, I just think this is the, the strangest aspect of the movie that just makes me the most uncomfortable. Agreed. Um, you know, but I did like when he sneaks into Ruby's room that one final time and it's Irma Boone in the bed <laughs> and just her face just staring coldly that scared back at him. the crap out of me. Now, oh, yeah, when it happened. Yeah. That one of my favorite things leading up to that is when the guy at the other resort, he's like trying to get up to that mountaintop. So yeah. like and he's he gets kicked out of taking yeah. the lift and then he yeah. tries to climb up and they're shooting at him and then they're like arresting him and taking him back down and bond just and, sees him and it's like well he's like what are you doing you're blowing the cover because yep. that's where it's like funny because they're not you know he's working for that guy's working for draco yeah he doesn't know what's going on because yeah. they're, they're not talking to each other really they're not in communication like bond doesn't have to and so that guy gets himself killed because he's like i was told to watch bond or get close you know keep an eye on him and help him out, and it's like I don't know what's happening. He gets himself killed over it, yeah. which is, I think it, that's what's interesting there. Yeah, but he almost blows at it for everybody because he's like storms up that mountain. And he's all like, "Why can't I come up here?" Yeah, but Bond <laughs> blows it for himself right, right after that, like immediately oh, yeah. after that, by uh, trying yeah. to get Draco to leave the country, you know, for neutrality rules, and then invites him to the wrong location. Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. like, I gotta say. Um, I like when Bond slips up and gets caught. I don't like the reason he got caught because that's like an incompetent thing that I feel like Bond wouldn't do. He's a super spy. He should know his intelligence. It's the, like one of the number one things spies trade in. Yeah, that's true. I think it's like, it's almost like he shouldn't script based on his own incompetence. He just should get out smarted by Blofeld. Yes. You correct. Know? I think, I think he should do something that Blofeld then can pick up on and then like, trap him or if it is something like a, a, a an ignorant thing it should be um something that he doesn't realize that he should know not a not something that like the person he's impersonating would know it should be something i mean there's such a weird example but like in glorious bastards like using the yeah. wrong like yeah the finger cultural gesture yeah. right yeah. you know like it, it should be something that simple that like of course that's something that could get overlooked but he should know the guy that he's impersonating and he should know the place that he's supposed to be inviting him to yeah yeah no, it, make, it makes sense like whereas like later with roger moore who's like a com human computer and like you know when stromberg's like what's that fish and he's like exactly oh yes yes and maybe that's why it irritated me so much because that was just happened in the last movie and now i'm watching this and i'm like well that seems like bizarre for james bond to do that screw up yeah, I think they, they overdo it with more. It's like he is a human machine that like has all the data in the world. But um, and this one, I think it's like, yeah, it's too much the other direction. Yeah, I think he like 
screws up in that way. But that's that's like one of the number one things spies are supposed to be able to do is like yeah, if they're impersonating yeah. someone or pretending to be in a field like they sh- that should be like sometimes in more ways I'd actually like to see James Bond as a spy trade in intelligence over his like fighting abilities. I think that would be more interesting to see more of that stuff. Maybe that's yeah, why I like are... Roger Moore so much. Yeah, but I, I do like that they <laughs> Yeah, Roger Moore though, he like I'm James Stock. You know, and like yeah. he doesn't really do any no, type of disguise or do anything, you know. No. It's, he <laughs> That's also fair. <laughs> so I, I I get that. But um yeah, so he, he gets caught. I love this whole scene inside this gear house for the for the, the tram thing for the gondola. Like him getting out of it was really oh, cool. Yeah. I love when he he's like, Oh, I gotta climb across this metal rope and so he doesn't want to like rip his hands up, so he rips out his pockets and uses them as gloves. Which is really cool. Yeah. Um, and him sneaking out. And then here's where we get like the cool uh, ski stuff, which I thought like, you know, it's not like the most exciting ski stuff, but because I think it's done more of like he's trying to get away and yeah, it's done much more of a like heightened danger type of ski stuff versus like, this is cool. <laughs> but um, I love <laughs> that the those two guys, I don't know what they were thinking. They like the one, the first guy, he jumps and then clearly sees that it's like a giant ledge and just goes off of it. And then the second guy also jumps, but then he gets in a fistfight with Bond and Bond throws him off the ledge. Which I thought was just funny that they were like, why are you doing like stunt jumps so close to this steep ledge? You Terrifying. Um, which is uh, interesting. Then, yeah, he gets down to the village because he's got a somehow message to, to headquarters and to, to M. Uh, He's almost caught. He he's randomly frightened by that polar bear man. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was terrifying. Just from an editing standpoint, I was like, ah, this bear. Um, and that's when he runs into. I I like the in, the reintroduction of Tracy here. She's like skiing. Yes, yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, though she does take too long to take her skis off when they're trying to run away. I'm like, come She's on, like, pick oh, up. how are you doing? I'm having a good time. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, fireworks. He's like, you don't look like you're, you look a little stress bond. Yeah. You know, are, are you are being hunted by Irma Boont? Um, She's Irma Boont's scary. I know, she is scary. I mean, I'd be terrified. Um, but then there's, I like this, all this car chase stuff with her, like her, whatever. It looks like a Mustang, but it's something, whatever it's uh, called. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I, I like when they drive onto that, like, random derby track. Mm-hmm. And they're just like smashing and i love how like the other guys other drivers they like do not change uh you know any mindset whatsoever they're like i'm still racing even though clearly other people have come onto the track they are not race cars <laughs> now question because i feel like in my head for some reason the aston martin's always been bond's car but apparently no. it's not in some of no. those other movies no when it, did it become bond's car because i feel like it is Goldfinger. now so it was always associated with like the classic 60s Goldfinger. Yeah. Like he's like and had it a couple of times throughout there. Then it kind of just became whatever car of the time, whatever deal they can make. With yeah. Somebody. Um, you know, so like when we get to the man with the golden gun, it was like AMC, like bought, like they had like the Matador. I kind of wish that wasn't the case. For some reason, I always thought it was, they were all Aston Martins. And obviously rewatching this, I realized it wasn't the case. It's but only like, recently did they re- do the sort of Aston Martin kind of partnership. I just think that's fun because it's not a car you really ever see anywhere. No, 
So no, it's you a very know, specifically British. Also, yes. So that's why I was like, oh, like I just just keep doing that. Just keep yeah. doing that for I'm glad bonds. that they've come back around. It's just like it is. Yeah. Like for a long time, it was more just, you know, who it was too commercial. Yeah. And, and they didn't when respect we, the legacy of James Bond. And it'll be interesting. I have to rewatch because I've, I've started reading a bunch of things about in the Brazen era, which was a lot of the movie was entirely paid by product placements. Yeah, that makes sense. So I'm interested to go back now and see. I can't wait is. to rewatch those because I did rewatch them when they all came to Netflix. Like, yeah, I don't know, like six, eight months ago. But I'm pumped to get back to those now after seeing all these. Yeah, but that's what I think a lot for a lot of these movies. They did really well because or like in terms of budgeting, they were able to get in like a, a pretty good size investment based on being able to like feature this set of cars or this product or. Yeah, that thing. makes sense. So, um, I think that that's the case. But uh, I love during this derby chase when Bond's like, "It's like we hit the traffic, or whatever." He's like, "It's like," and then she just like, you know, some cars flip, some cars burn. Irma Boone almost catches fire. There's some cool <laughs> stuff in there. Um, then they have to hide out in this barn during a snowstorm. I like the stuff. This all stuff's great. I like Sentiment. when he tucks her in. She's got this gigantic fur coat on. Yeah. And then he's like, I'm not going to make love to you. I'm make up like, I'm basically in my New Year's promise. I'm going to wait until our wedding. And then yeah. he's like, screw like, it. <laughs> it's like, he's not, it's not New Year's yet. This is weird. But then he knocks the thing down and knocks her. It was great. And then the horses are like, let's, oh. let's not forget the slap earlier in the movie, by the way. Yeah. Well, I was going to talk about the punch later at the end of the movie, <laughs> but where, I forget where was the slap again? When does he slap her? It's like, was it pre-Draco? Yeah, it's before he knew who she was. Yeah. Yeah. He, like, slaps her right in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, because, like, she has... Yeah, 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 because after, it's like, she has, like, the gun on him. Yes. And, like, and they're... You texted me about it before I saw it, and then even when I saw it, I was still shocked by it. I was like, I may have made, like, a gasp out loud, like... When, like, when, When Draco does it? When Draco, I just pulled. I wasn't prepared for the slap, man. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah. The slap, yeah, it's, it's yes, that's right, that's right. Uh, yeah. So when Bonds when Lazenby slaps her, I'm, I was like, not okay, not good. Under no no circumstance, not great. You know, um, which I, that's one thing I love about Roger Moore. He was one of those people that's like, I don't slap women, I don't do this stuff, like, you know. So he he definitely set a nice example. Yeah, he he just woos women much younger than him. Yeah. So, he's real Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> What's the deal with these standards? <laughs> um, but yeah. So then um, later, then so the next day they're still going down the mountain. Like Blofeld must have been going like hunting them all night because like they're still chasing him in the morning. Um, this is where we get the cool. Right before we get the cool avalanche stuff, that one guy that gets chopped up, <laughs> like. <laughs> that, I like how Bond like they, he does nothing to do it. That guy just screws up the jump, yeah, and then just mulched up. But then Bond still says he had a lot of guts. Honestly, I was surprised they went after him because he had such a lead on them, and like they were going before anyone had found them. They were just going. Yeah, yeah they were just so, chilling down the mountain. Yeah, it seems so risky on an open mountain like that to try to ski fast enough to catch someone. Yeah, definitely. She was like, James, look, and he's like, don't turn. You keep skiing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep going um 
But what'd you think of the uh, the avalanche stuff? That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was good. Um, I cool. like an avalanche they, scene. Yeah, you you loved it in the world's not enough. Yeah, when he has the avalanche coat. Absolutely. I almost like forgot. I almost like blended the movies together, and I thought this was that was going to happen. With the avalanche movie. coat. Like they were going to get trapped in the avalanche, and like he was going to have the coat. And I was like, oh wait, that's mm, way way wrong later. movie. Um, but uh, that would be cool as hell. Tracy gets captured. Um, then. Which is wild because it really feels like we're like at the end of the movie. Like so, like yeah. to think like they're capturing her now is like oh my god. She doesn't get captured in the book. She just they get away. They get oh, away. Oh really? And then it's like he just leads the the attack on the on the 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 summit base any without like she's not there. So why do they do that so that they could lean further into rogue bond territory? I think it's more yeah like it gives them more of a reason to join Draco and like get, do the attack and then I think. Uh, you know, I think it gives them more motivation, and I think it just and it puts more her more in the movie because I think she gets a really a nice fist fight with that guy, and now like, she's more attached to him because he saved her. Yeah, sure. I think it's more. Yeah, I think, sure. I think it works for the movie overall. Um, uh, but I love how we have Chekhov spikes, you know, and the those spikes by that elevator that's in that base. Yeah, I will <laughs> I say like though, the- thinking about it right now, she's such a damsel in distress the whole time. If they were to remake this, they'd really have to make it different. Well, she's not a damsel, though, too much. Somewhat. I mean, like, she's trying to kill herself at the beginning. Like, I feel like they'd really have to change her character. I think, so, like, breaking down her character, she's trapped the daughter of this, basically, mobster. She probably doesn't have a lot of freedom, and she feels like she doesn't have a way out. So she's very, you know, I I could understand her in this era thinking, like, I don't have a lot of options, like, and I don't like where it's going, so I could just off myself. I you could know? see. I, I would prefer it to be like she's more of a self-destructive person than something like that, which is kind of that's what she's supposed to be. Yeah, and I that, think, like, and that Bond kind of helps her and awakens something in her, and that's why Draco likes Bond because he's like, "Hey, you're yeah. good for my daughter." He's not just like, yeah, because like, why would you want? I would just want them to make her 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 better character if they were to ever redo this story. Mm, I'm I I think Diana Rigg does a great job, and I think I like the way this character is written, so I will. I think it's I fine think, for the era, but I think it she doesn't feel uh, individual enough. Like she, it's just like everything is based around either her relationship with her father and then James Bond. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I get that. It's just, I would I just want more autonomy out of her, and like I just don't know what that would be. Is what I'm saying. But what I do like is that when she she doesn't have a lot of autonomy, but she knows when to how to get it when she does like early on she forces her dad to come clean about what she like about that he was talking with bond about her sure and like it does a lot of like i think like she's not afraid to threaten her sure to her way out. and then actually at the end which is really funny because like at the wedding when he's like make sure you always listen to your husband and do what he says he's like and she's like as much as i listen to you like basically saying like i'm i'm not gonna listen to him all the time honestly the thing I the, the way I think it would work would be to make her just more competent because she's been around her dad's business all the time and make her be like, well, yeah. I'm going to keep an eye on you, not that other dude. So like she gets caught only because she was like, well, I'm going to go in. He won't suspect me. Like, I think there's ways to do that to make her like a bigger part of the story. Yeah, you could have had her do a couple more things. Maybe that like-, like instead of the other henchmen hanging out, like keeping an eye on if that had been her and then she got caught trying to get in there. 
You know what I mean? Like there's there's maybe other ways to do. It. I'm just I mean obviously we're we're not here trying to rewrite the movie. That's not what the show is. So we're just thinking out loud. Uh, because I, just I do to talk like about I like the spikes. the movie, <laughs> and I think if you remake it today, I would want to see that character be more competent. Okay, okay. I just I just want to talk about those spikes because they and show also, a lot of them in in the elevator, and oh yeah, she throws that guy into them, and I'm like those spikes. <laughs> make no sense from an artistic sample or anything other than if you're going to throw someone through them. Yeah. (laughs) So that's all I wanted to say about the spikes. (laughs) You got to have a trap, man. Yeah. Of some kind, whether it makes sense or not. I, but I really like this whole final battle stuff. I think it's really cool. I visually it's interesting with the helicopters and then like surrounding this base and landing and um, guys just like shooting machine guns at each other. That one guy that earlier that puts a knife to Bond that works for Draco, he has like a flamethrower for some reason he, he brought to <laughs> to an ice battle. He's like, he just torches that one guy. It's great. Um, I love how, in the, I, I think I pointed this out to you earlier, when Bond races down to that laboratory, oh, that one scientist just takes out that giant beaker of like bubbling liquid and just chucks it at the door. <laughs> I want more scientists using their their equipment as weapons. Yeah, I don't actually think we get a big enough spotlight on the mad scientists of the evil James Bond universe. Yeah, you know, I want I want the villain to have his own cue. Oh yeah, you you you, know yeah. I mean that's great. I I I think we need more of that. Um, Definitely, I think movies that were I think movies that do have that. There's a few of them. Yeah, I think they work out pretty well. They should Um, have. Pierce Brosnan come back and play a villain like, in a that's future like Boris Bond movie in GoldenEye, kind of. You know, huh? like it's like Boris in GoldenEye. Oh Eye. yeah. So it's like Trevelyan has his version of kind of a Q or, you know, like the hacker guy that helps him out. Yes. Um, but yeah, we. What I want is a scientist henchman that throws chemicals at people. <laughs> oh, big time! Absolutely. <laughs> that's what he does. Um, oh, and right before that, I love that because um, they tease it with the curling earlier and bond slides across that platform and while shooting his gun that was pretty cool i it, uh, that was the first time i ever saw curling and i was like that might be fun it's kind of fun it's like um you've done it i've not i've never done it personally oh. but um you know in terms of like it's like is it bocce ball i'm thinking of yes where it's like you throw to that target it's like yeah it's like ice version of bocce ball yeah <laughs> yeah kind of you know um but with guys with broomsticks that are trying to chisel up the, the ice in front of it um but yeah that was cool and he slides across the ice um and and so uh i think how draco they they plant this bomb because they blow up this lab with all these you know the bio weapons that blofo was creating and you know it's like the one guy's like does bond know how much time's left he's like oh he knows the plan like we're gonna stick to it like and i thought it was like oh yeah he they're not working together if bond dies he's like uh, he's he know he knows that he's gonna make it out. Because he, you don't have to worry about him too much. But when Tracy's like, <laughs> this is get to the moment. The most shocking part of the movie is when Tracy's like, "Where's James?" And he's like, "Oh, he'll don't worry about him. Get on the helicopter." And she's like, "No, no." And then he cold cocks his daughter in the face, which is horrible. Mm-hmm. I from a I don't understand why he didn't just say like, "Hey, henchmen around you, grab her." And like, let's just forcefully put. Also, her on. where's just like the rag that you put over the person's face that knocks them out? Well, they didn't have time to have one of those. Like, yeah, like, I, come on, I you're a villain. You gotta have a rag at any time. 
I get it from a standpoint of we have no time. We have seconds left to get off this platform. I'm just going to punch you in the face. John, there's no time to die. Yes. Um, It is just so jarring when he does that. Um, And I I just feel bad for Tracy. So, um, but they, you know, the whole thing blows up. Uh, We get this whole chase sequence with uh, Bond and Blofeld. We get the whole cool bobsled fight. Talk about your cool runnings. Yeah. I thought this all done pretty well. Uh, yeah, that was Bob- good. That was that was one of the better parts of the movie. I think that yeah, was when, when when that grenade goes off though with Bond yeah. and like he like fly, I'm like, oh man, he like got wrecked. Honestly, that's probably the most unique thing about the movie. Like <laughs> as far as like set piece stuff goes. Yeah, you know, like obviously the most unique thing about the movie is it's James Bond falling in love and actually gets married. Um, but the bobsled was some wild stuff for James Bond to have a. It's yeah. like what vehicle has he not? operated in like some sort of a chase or fight or yeah. escape at this yeah. point it's like, it's like uh, a speeding boat or a speeding car yeah. you know and he's it's done like... he's done jets uh jet skis he's done you know he's done um surfing planes. he's he done did, planes yeah. he's done wingsuits i think he's did, he did a wingsuit yeah. uh, i'm just space. talking about things that he's, he's fist, space by, shuttle. fist fought on he's like trains planes yeah. automobiles <laughs> i don't know if there's a vehicle that hasn't been used I don't know. Yeah. Um, the bobsled may have been the last one. Yeah. Though <laughs> Blofeld's demise, like, I thought he should be dead the way he gets, like, hooked sure. by that branch. I'm like, that's like hanging right there. He's, yeah. He's dead. Um, which in the book, he just gets away, which I feel like they, they needed to in the movie, I guess, to make you feel like there's that sort of conclusion. Well, this was before Sonny Bono. So people would just think you broke your neck, not you died. Okay. I guess that's a way to explain it. I mean, it. look, Sonny Bono happened, suddenly everyone starts wearing helmets on ski resorts. Before that, people just thought you'd <laughs> walk in a headache. Wearing, he was wearing a helmet, though, during this. But, yeah, and that was the point. People were like, wow, and he still died? This must be really dangerous. <laughs> no. I think they just needed to have this, like, fun moment. Yeah. I think they just need to throw people off about what is going to happen after this. Um, because, you know, I think they, I think they needed to. So that, but then it's really funny that Bond stops Blofeld. He crashes the bobsled. That one Saint Bernard comes by, and he's like, he's like, get the brandy, or you get the, you know, get the whiskey for me. He's like, get the Hennessy, and then the dog runs off, which I thought was funny. But he doesn't go and check on Blofeld, so which is weird. So Blofeld gets away. I feel in many ways like Blofeld wasn't the more competent person. That he was like the man. No, Ermaboot the is the yes, the real. Like, because she's the one that she's like the uh, Blofeld's the director, and then she's the first AD. She's, she's the getting one everything that's actually, done. She's the one implementing the vision. Hundred yeah, percent. Now she's not in the other movies at all, right? No. What? She is in the next book, but she's not in the movie because it, the movie came out before. You know, this one. So I know she's great. She reminds me of Rosa Klebb from from Russia with Love. She's very much like that same type of character. Uh, but she's great. And I would love to see her in new movies. Yeah. Or at least that type of character. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Great strict schoolmaster type lady, uh, which would be great. So let's get to the wedding. Let's get to it. Um, great. Uh, fun wedding. Um, I love how Q tries to impart some advice onto James Bond. Um, it's a good Q. Yeah. Good Q moment. I love the moment between Bond and uh, Money Penny. You know, they don't say anything. They just kind of look at each other, and he throws her the hat. 
<laughs> you know, and she catches the hat and then ends like, are you crying? She's like, oh, I always like cry at weddings. And they're just kind of reminiscing. I love how Q is like, uh, oh, Bond, he never takes care of government property. And he's yeah. like talking about the hat. I'm like, that hat is government property. I guess everything of his is government property. <laughs> yeah, I guess anything he touches is government property now. Yeah. Um, I just, it's a fun, it's a fun Q moment. It just doesn't make any sense because he's talking about a hat. But yeah. <laughs> unless it's like a special hat. Um, so what did you think about this final I mean, I didn't see it coming. I knew, I knew she dies, obviously. Um, yeah, but I didn't expect it to be a drive-by. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be Boont. Yeah, she's the one. She's just like, because she, like you said, if you gotta get something done, she's the one that enacts your vision. I um, I thought the final shots of it were bad. I it's thought a little, it's a little weird because it's like it's shot. When that one officer rolls up and it's like him in the car kind of cradling her, you don't really see her because I guess they didn't really want to show her. No, but also the officer doesn't say anything. He doesn't get out of the car. He just like sits there. He's like, and, are you okay? And I think this this is the part where you really see that Lazenby's not a good actor. No, I think it's like he he's he's really trying to do this kind of like I'm like so in shock type of thing because he's like kind of is talking about it's like we had all it's like it's okay she's just resting like yeah. we had all the time in the world he's kind of being a little bit like shell-shocked and like and it's just and it's, so quiet and it goes on for so long yeah and and it doesn't help that this whole moment which i think is a great moment to sh- like have it is weird that like it then goes like that you know it kind of cuts immediately to the theme it also just made me feel like he's so clearly like well i'm james bond i don't die like he he didn't even think about her which is weird because he supposedly loves her so like the car gets shot up and he just like goes gets in and then he looks over and realizes she's dead yeah well i think it's like him he's so you know that's his agent brain switching on to be like it's blowfeld like 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 but but his concern wasn't like is she okay yeah that's what i'm saying like he's so like it's he got lost in for a second thinking about like the you know getting revenge like getting back right sure now. but he didn't like run into the car he didn't like open because he was on her side of the car at that point so like he goes yeah. back around the car gets in the car like he doesn't yeah. look in and be like are you okay he doesn't open the door he's just like he gets yeah. in sits down and then he's like oh no <laughs> i'm like what yeah, yeah i mean I, I i could see why that's a little I, it was just I, bad acting on his part yeah you know yeah i think they just kind of wanted to trick the audience for a second to think like Oh, they just got shot at, but nothing bad happened. Yeah, maybe. And he was sort of playing to that, but um, but then they—I mean—they show there's a shot. You see the bullet wound in the in the, her yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. And and the cool with the bullet hole in the in the windshield is cool. Yeah. Um, it's like a cool play on the opening gun barrel sequence. I'm sure. Way. Um, kind of a callback to that. So, I don't know. I think it's it's definitely. I would love to see this moment remade, or at least like this storyline remade, which I was actually hoping they were going to do a specter because i always thought they were rumored in the late last movie it was going to be sort of a semi-remake of this interesting and almost you have it because yeah. i don't know if you remember the end of specter but he drives off with whatever her name is leah say yeah like, character and you think like oh they're going to get married and you're going to have this moment and it's not there right so which it might be in the next movie who knows so but um it would be interesting to see this movie remade and if they actually remade loosely maybe not directly but remade thunderball 
on her Magicica service and then the next movie we'll watch, you only live twice and do it as a full Spectre Blofeld trilogy with Bond. Yeah. And this is the Empire Strikes Back moment or like, you know, the low point for his character. Sure. Ending here. So that's, that's, that's my final thought on this movie, which I really enjoyed, but I can understand why it is considered sort of the black sheep of the Bond family. Uh, yeah, I just think it, it, it has a story that should, I think, be better. And so I think that's like, it's, it's the one I've enjoyed watching the least. I think it's just too long also. I think it's like 25 minutes too long. Uh, I think, I don't think it's, it's like, a story. I think it's the, I think it's just maybe Lazenby in general. I think it's probably, yeah, maybe. he's not as, he doesn't have a lot of like great screen presence in terms of. Yeah. That no, but also like I think just the plotting is a little slow. Like it, it yeah. just the movie. Is, Maybe it's a little too much like the book. In a sense it's like two it's, hours and twenty minutes. If it was yeah. two hours, even I think that would have helped considerably. Like just getting to the resort a little faster, I think would have been helpful. Um, but I also understand like if they're actually gonna get married and stuff, they need to have time spent together where it's not like a life or death scenario. So yeah. It's I think just, I think, you know, if you could make us a little bit breezier, probably yeah, I, I get that. But then again, like the way movies nowadays, like Bond movies, the Craig, the current Craig era, it's like movies are two thirty, two forty. Sure. So yeah, I don't care. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, so, I don't know. But, I don't. I don't think it's bad. I guess I just didn't like it that much. But I I see the potential in it. I would like to see a remake. Yeah. Specifically what you've put forth as a trilogy I would like to see. Yeah. So because what's going to happen is we are going to go back a movie in terms of movie release, but it's the next book, which is You Only Live Twice. So um, which is so we're going back to Sean Connery. Right. Um, this is the last movie. It's, Sean, it's James Bond in Japan. And this is Sean Connery's last movie. Well, technically, Diamonds Are Forever was his last movie. So he came back. No, after but for us. For us, yes. This will be the last show. Wow. Movie. So we've watched them all. Wow. So, yeah. It, you Actually, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what you think of You Only Have Twice. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff in it, especially, you know, what we liked about um, this movie in terms of storming the castle, you know, storming the thing and like uh, the spy who loved me storming with a bunch of people. Like there's definitely the big action set piece at the end of storming a volcano layer uh and with ninjas and it's all pretty cool so um, that stuff is uh, that stuff would be cool but it'll be interesting to think what, what you think of the movie overall once we watch it so yeah exciting stuff yeah so thank you everyone for listening and we will see you on the next mission 